There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hello, welcome to the Balance Podcast. Our guest today is rising star Thaddea Graham. Thaddea is the lead, the star of the new Netflix series that has got tongues wagging. Sounds like I'm trying to get on the poster. Uh, the Irregulars. Now, The Irregulars uh, is set in Victorian England and on the surface is about a group of street urchins who help Sherlock Holmes solve crimes. Now, you might, make the, you might make the mistake that I made. I went into this thinking it was going to be aimed at, say, 11, 12-year-olds. Because the way I've described it, you'd think, yeah, fair enough. It's probably about the age where you get into Sherlock Holmes. No, it is. It skewers significantly higher than that. If you've got an 11 or 12-year-old, please make sure they do not watch the Irregulars because they won't sleep. Uh, within about 10 minutes, I realised this was a very different show to what I had uh, envisaged. Uh, and it's all the better for it. I, I, I loved The Irregulars and devoured it uh, in a couple of sittings, uh, which probably doesn't make me a great dad or husband, but uh, on a selfish level, I really enjoyed it. Um, it's There's lots of jumps, there's lots of scares, the, sh you, the show goes in one direction. You think it's going to go in one direction. It goes in a, 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 a very different direction. Uh, Thaddea Graham really pops and her charisma uh, and steel uh, is there for everyone to see. This episode is such a treat and Thaddea was such a perfect guest. I won't spoil it. Thaddea's life story is absolutely extraordinary and I will leave it to Thaddea to explain I will say no more don't google it but uh, my goodness and the way Thaddea talks about her life in the most matter-of-fact way is probably what hit me for six and as I said to Thaddea at one point I sort of had to put my jumper over my face because because she'd have seen me uh, she'd have seen me rolling a tear I uh, I like Thaddea so much and everything that she talked about was so interesting so she talks about her life she talks about trees and the profound nature that trees can can have uh, on our lives and she also talks about a card game which enables you it sounds like it might be it sounds like a game that it's a card game that actors play but i think it applies to all of us so i've hyperlinked the card game as well as the irregulars. Anyway, you will, I guarantee you will absolutely 
I mean, I can't, you know, sometimes they'd say, or oh, your money back. The podcast is free. I, there'll be no refund. Um, but I guarantee you will absolutely love Thaddeus Graham. What a, what a, what a total mensch. Uh, fantastic. Here she is. The wonderful, the, the heart swellingly lovely Thaddeus Graham. Uh, well, look, thank, thank you so much. And I, I, I will start off with a, with a, an admission that I'm, I'm very happy to make. So I'd read, I'd read about the show. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the, the regulars and I thought it was going to be I'll be honest with you I thought it was going to be this this sort of show over here I'm expecting look at me defensively folding my arms already uh, <laughs> I thought it was going to be oh some cheeky scamps helping out Sherlock Holmes and then within five minutes oh god no this is not what I was expecting um mm-hmm. is that do I take it is that going to be quite a cut co- in the best way possible that's going to be quite a common thing, I, I guess, because, you know, uh, it's easy to think it's going to be one thing. And this it, it really hoodwinks the audience, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I felt exactly the same because I when I did the audition, um, they obviously don't give you the full script. So I was getting little scenes to audition with that was like my character and her little sister, my character and her love interest. And I thought, this is lovely. This is about, you know, a little straight gang finding their way. Yeah, this is yeah. really nice. And then I got the full scripts. So I thought, what the bloody hell is going on here? <laughs> and I'm terrible with horror. I don't like scary things. And I was reading the, the kind of episodes and it just gets darker and darker and darker. And I thought, holy shit, I don't know if I can film this. I, I don't know if I'll cry on set or be able to get through it. But um, it was it's definitely not what you expect. And I think in the greatest way possible, that that's that's the case. And it kind of it really took me by surprise. Um, and when I got offered the role and, and read the full scripts, I thought, Jesus, this is this is just a gift here because I'd been watching Killing Eve and watching Jodie Comer and what Villanelle gives her as an actor. And I thought, God, that'd be amazing. Like that's the dream role to get so many parts of a person to play in one character. And then B came up and landed in my lap and I thought, Oh God, this is great. (laughs) Now when you say landed in your lap, now you're, you're chatting with someone here. I've got, I've got nine pages of, self-help manifesting call it whatever you like or you know it's my wife once read one of the pages and I'm not sure our marriage has ever quite recovered um <laughs> but when you say landing in your lap did you was this something that you thought in your mind's eye I could uh I can actually make this happen if I you know I, if I believe in this sort of thing it can it, it might come my way yeah I definitely think my mommy always says um what's for you won't go by you and I think it's very true. And I love that. Now, that doesn't mean you don't work hard. You've got to work your ass off. But I think by doing that, then things start to fall into place. You can't just expect to be handed to you. That's not that's not what I mean. But I think if it's meant to be, it's meant to be in some cases. And I think um, I hadn't heard about The Irregulars before. And I had just been cast by Sarah Crow, our casting director, in another show. And my agent said to me, oh, they're casting this thing called the irregulars and I really want to get you in the room for it um but um Sarah's not called me yet and I was like oh, okay because I didn't know what it was and I thought okay I don't know why you're getting so invested in this project and I've never really seen it like that before my agent's called Rebecca and she's she's just wonderful and, and brilliant and she was really like I, I really want you to read for B and I was like okay um we if if it's not meant to happen it won't happen and then Sarah eventually rang and, and said we'd like to see her and I went into the room and 
I kind of, like you said, preparation for me is key. And you do everything that you can up until that moment. Uh, so you can walk into the room and just leave it there and then walk out and go, do you know what? If it doesn't go my way, it doesn't go my way. But I did everything I could in the room. And you, you have to kind of just leave it behind, I think, especially in our industry, like you do so many self-tapes, so many additions. And sometimes it can feel like just screaming into a void and getting nothing back. So you have to really be sure of yourself and know that, okay, well, I did what I could. Um, and so that's why I did and just left it. I walked out of the room and thought, that was great. That was really cool. But it, what's, what's meant to be will meant, is meant to be. And then they called me back and I went in with my own accent. So I went in sounding like this, looking like this as well. Um, for anyone listening, I, I, I'm, I look Chinese. I am Chinese. I said I look Chinese like that's not a real thing. <laughs> I look it, but I'm not. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, my face doesn't match my accent at all. Um, and I read I got the sides and it says Victorian London. And I thought, OK, I don't I'm not sure my aunt remembers what I look like here, but it's OK, let's go for it. Um, and then I went back in the recall with an English accent and my character B has a little sister, Jessie. So I was thinking, oh, they're never going to cast me because they'll have to cast someone who looks like me as my sister. And then I got offered the role and I thought, oh, shit. OK, what's going on here? And B is like quite at the forefront of this little gang. I thought, oh, God, OK, 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 OK. And then they brought in someone to read for my little sister, um, uh, an incredible actress from, from Liverpool called Darcy Shaw. And Darcy's white. And I thought, hang on are we really going to do this? Are they really going to go with this storyline? And they did. And it, it never felt like, oh, we need to explain why these sisters don't look alike. It, it, like we have the same mom and that was just it. Um, that's absolutely not what you asked. I don't know how we got onto this, but I, I feel like it was all, it kind of all just fell into place really in a really lovely way. And I think had I put so much pressure on myself to do it right, I would have gotten away on myself. I wanted it. I really wanted it, but I think, like I said, preparation is key and you have to be able to walk out and go, it's in your hands now. Because there's so many factors that we just can't control. I mean, also, I mean, this is, uh, if I may live vicariously through you, <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, this is this is beyond dreamland, isn't it? You are, you are, I mean, I'm, I'm telling you this like you, do, like you don't know it, but, you, but the lead role, not, it's not just another tv series this is a, this is a big budget i mean it's all there on the screen isn't it a big budget netflix series i mean this is this is wonderful isn't it yeah i do you know what when you when you do it when you're on the ground actually making it you kind of forget that because you're just you're just in it and you have to day to day you work going okay shit we've got this big scene got prepped for that and it's just you go into work mode and you, you tick the boxes and you go through the motions and it's incredible. And you look around. Sometimes I look around at sets and go, holy shit, surely they've made a mistake here with me. Someone's going <laughs> to someone's going to be like, right, OK, thank you so much for, um, you know, doing the little test for us. We'll get the actual actor in now. And we have we shoot in blocks. So we, we do. Um, we had eight episodes and we shot across four different blocks, two episodes per block. And we have read threes for each block because the, the directors change and things like that. And every read through. So we were, I think we were reading maybe episode five and we've shot four of them at this point. And at the read through, I was going, okay, no, don't fuck it up because they, they'll recast you. They'll recast you. <laughs> this is the point where they, where they, where they realize that you can't do this <laughs> and the imposter syndrome kicks in. Um, so I definitely have moments of, 
God, this is so surreal. Um, and even more so when you come out the other side and you, you look back and you start to get to talk about it because you hide it away for so long. And then you get to do things like this where people are going, oh, I saw this and this was incredible. And you realize, yeah, it kind of was. And it's very surreal to look at it as a whole piece. And especially like it's coming out this Friday and the, the kind of talk about it and the buzz around it has really ramped up. And it's a little bit, uh, not overwhelming, just kind of a lot at once. And you think, oh God, people are talking about our show. It's not just us anymore. It's like, I suppose it's like having a kid. Like I reckon I could go on stage and burp and my mom would be like, that's the best thing she's ever done. This is amazing. She's wonderful. You know, she's God's gift. But um, everyone else is now going, oh, hey, that burp's quite good, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's, it's a little bit surreal. I can, I've got two young girls. I can relate to that. They they yeah. could uh, they could punch me in the face. And I'm like, what a jab that was! Yeah, wow. that was. Well, never, never will happen again. That was impeccable. Yeah, <laughs> Muhammad Ali himself would have been proud of that. <laughs> um, now, oh, also that was one of your answers, actually. Um, you shot in Liverpool, is that right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How, how was that? So, had you started shooting, and then you, did you have to shut down for a bit because of the you know the thing? And then you start. Thing, yeah. How, how, how was all that? It was. So we were shoot, we were based in Liverpool uh, and we were two weeks away from rap. No. <laughs> and then, yeah, we were two weeks from rap and we got the call and the email saying, oh, OK, we're going to shut down as a precaution, but we'll see you in two weeks. So everyone just go home, have a little break and we'll, we'll come back. Six months later, I was like, um, did anyone else get the call to go back? Am I just sitting here by myself? <laughs> or have you all gone back and shot the rest of this show without me? Um, and so we all went back with, with new COVID protocols. And I think what really benefited us was that we had spent so much time together before that. And everyone was a little bit apprehensive. And we were one of the first shows to get back up and running. Amazing. So nobody really knew what to expect. And I was really nervous. Uh, and I was more so nervous about getting it and bringing it back to my parents um and I was really really worried about that and I thought oh god I don't know if we should be it felt it felt a bit weird to be shooting something when there was a global pandemic and you feel kind of selfish and like we're not doing anything that important do you know what I mean um and so there's a lot of kind of worry there but when we got actually when we got to set I went in a couple of days before we started shooting the show um, and just walked around base and I wasn't needed really but I saw everyone just setting up and I thought oh hang on it's exactly the same just a little bit different we have masks on we're distancing but all these people are the same and I know how that works and it was really nice to talk to people and go oh are you scared too oh, you're scared oh my god but you're a grown-up okay that's fine <laughs> um, and everyone was kind of in it together and I think that camaraderie and that kind of family thing really helped us because it was a, a, a bit of a scary time uh and it's I suppose it's the fear of the unknown though is is the worst bit because you sit there and you wonder and you wonder and you, you worry and turn it all over in your mind by yourself but when you actually get there it's it's the same thing that you left and it's just a different kind of way of working I mean it's I mean I think it sorry I sound like I'm your publicist here but it <laughs> it, it, it is important because if you think of all the people who are getting employed. I mean, that's, you know, camera people, runners. Yeah, very you know, true. And, and that, you know, that you cannot, you know, you can't emphasize. So I do a lot of TV warm-up. When, I, when, in the, when think, we're not in lockdown, I've, I've been doing that for a lot of years. And so I did a show in between lockdowns. And, you, do, you know, it is human to have those sorts of mm. feelings. 
And then someone pointed out to me, and they were, they were talking through about the impact it has on all the people who get hired. But then also with the irregulars, if you think people all around the world, we're all desperate for things to watch. And I mean, in that in that regard, I mean, it's, that's a huge box that, that's being mm. ticked, isn't it? True, very true. I think it provides a kind of sense of escapism, and and people, especially during yeah. lockdown, we're, we're looking at everything going on. Oh, give me things to watch listen to read whatever and I suppose we are we are adding to that but I think um it's that classic self-deprecation isn't it it's like what am I doing that's so important (laughs) why do I get you you feel guilty almost that you get to go back to your job when so many people are sitting there struggling and not knowing not knowing what happens next and I felt really I felt very fortunate to have those two weeks to go back to um, yeah. through that first lockdown especially because nobody knew what the hell was going on and our industry just kind of was up in the air and it was a very terrifying time and yeah yeah felt very very lucky no good for, I mean good for you can you also some of our some of our listeners may not know I mean I know a lot of people have read Sherlock Holmes but just a little bit about the regulars and, and mm. who they are because this is something that is uh frequently alluded to in the Conan Doyle books isn't it Mm. So the our show is called The Irregulars and it's based on the Baker Street Irregulars, which is in the original text, but it's only about there's only about four or five lines mentioned, and they're a street gang that kind of assist him uh on his investigations. Uh and the whole the reason that Watson comes to us in the show is that we can access parts of London that he can't, because he's kind of very posh and looks very nice and we look rough, essentially. Uh, <laughs> And he says, what does he say to us? He says, you and your, he says he's a, he's a repute, reputable man. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Uh, and he, and we can access parts of London that are less, <laughs> less so. And I was like, all right, dickhead. <laughs> you think a lot of yourself, <laughs> don't you? Um, and so we, we, we start to help him in that respect. And he, my little sister, Jessie has not been well she's been having these really awful nightmares and we all live that the four of us our little gang lives in a cellar underneath a pub called the duck and quiver and we're mrs hudson is is charging us to live in the cellar uh she's business savvy that way and <laughs> jesse has been having these nightmares and our mom died when we were little and the reason that she, she we were led to believe that she uh, killed herself because of these dreams that she was having and we have no one else and I've had to look after Jessie my whole life and so when she starts having the same kind of dreams that her mum had I worry that she's going to go the same way and uh, so we think right we need to get her to a doctor we need to get her medical help but we have no money so when Watson comes to us and says if you do this for me I'll give you money and I know that you need that then it's it's a no-brainer and and in B's head because she would do anything for Jesse, anything to keep her safe, even if it means working with this absolute prick of a man. <laughs> so that's how we get involved and we start investigating. And as we go on, it just gets a little bit darker and these supernatural elements start coming in. And I, what I love is that these, they're essentially kids are like 17 year olds. They, she does say to Watson at some point, what the hell is going on here? What have you got us involved in? Uh, episode one, this bird man is this man is controlling birds in London, like all of the birds in London. And at one point, this girl gets her eyes pecked out and gouged out, and then is killed. And I'm like, that's that's not normal. <laughs> There's something going on here. And as we go through the series, um, it just gets darker and heavier, and the supernatural elements, this bigger thing that is at play, starts to get a little bit too close to home and starts to inter 
intertwine with our actual personal lives and we go, hang on, this is strange. And so we get even more involved trying to hunt down why that's happening. Um, so it's very different to the, the yeah. Sherlock Holmes that we're used to, but it's um, very much set in that universe. We do have Sherlock and Watson, but just in a way that we've not seen them before. We're used to Sherlock being this really kind of almost uh, like showman-like person who has, has this incredible power of deduction. And we do see that through flashbacks. But when we first meet him, he's at the complete opposite of that. And he's really just at the lowest of the low. And he's actually not as quick as he thought he as he once was. And and B is kind of higher than him uh, in, in terms of like being able to piece together the investigations. And he's he's desperately trying to clutch back to, to what he used to be and trying to impress her. And I think he says at one point, oh, you've probably heard of this case that I did. It was really famous. Everyone heard about it. And she says, nope. <laughs> and it, it's such like a kick in the gut to him kick him, kick him while he's down uh, and I think Watson as well we have we're used to almost him being the sidekick whereas he really takes the 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 front foot here and he's trying to continue Sherlock's legacy in a way and he's very elusive and very mysterious and very sinister uh, which I think is really interesting to see um, and, and you guys, you became pals, didn't you, making this? Because that's not that's not that's not always common, is it? I've heard mm. some actors say. In fact, uh, um, what's her name? The girl from the office had said she made a film with John C. Riley, and she was trying to become pals. And he mm. Warcard that movie, and he mm. very politely and kindly said, "Yeah, don't do that because it's such a nomadic lifestyle and blah blah blah." But it, it was quite heartwarming to read that you guys had really hit it off. Yeah, that's all fake. We actually hate each other. Um, <laughs> I paid them all to say that. <laughs> I was like, guys, make it look like I have friends, please. <laughs> um, no, we were we were very lucky, very, very lucky. And I don't know whether we have to thank our casting director, Sarah Crow, for that, or our lead director, Johnny Allen. I don't know who who pieced us all together, but um I think it was just kind of good timing and and everyone honestly, like everyone was so nice in that job and just has a really good kind of heart and work ethic, but nobody takes themselves too seriously. And we all know that we are bloody lucky to be doing what we're doing. And it's just, I think it's really infectious when you're around people like that, who just love what they do. And I think passion drives so many people in this industry. And I think it kind of filters down from the top. Our our creator, Tom Bidwell has been working on this story for 10 years, I think. Wow. Uh, so it's it really is his little baby and you don't want to be the person who screws it up so when everyone else is working so hard you think right okay I've got to bring my A game as well and it just kind of pushes everyone to be better and to keep striving for more not just to settle and I love that and we had such incredible people involved and from every single department it was just honestly a joy to work on everyone was just lovely it's a it's a wonderfully diverse cast as well um Mm. I, I mean I'm I watch a lot of old films and you know, a lot of them obviously do not have not, have not aged well. Where you know, pretty much every single part is uh, played by a white guy, and the you know, certain movies that the 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 baddie. It turns out that he you can't trust the woman. I mean, that, mm-hmm. that happens in like nearly every film noir. You know, the mm-hmm. um, and it's, it's obviously a lot of them tonally don't hold up great. Whereas uh, what's uh, really wonderful about this show is. Uh, the, the, the diversity is a, a really wonderful thing, isn't it? Mm, definitely. And I think diversity of all kinds. I mean, we've got 
be this female lead of a gang and it's never questioned nobody goes oh why is a girl leading your group and I love that they're just it's just not the important thing in their world um and I know we have so many different accents in it as well and kind of languages we have the really upper class coming in from we see uh, Queen Victoria and her son Leopold and his he's a very very posh way of speaking and then we have us the little street gang and how we talk to ourselves and it is quite modern dialect and then we have people from all different kinds of backgrounds uh and I think our lead director Johnny Johnny Allen he said that he wanted it to reflect the London that he grew up in and the London that he knows and why should it be different it's not like we didn't exist back then do you know what I mean and I think that was it's just it's just wonderful to be a part of and I always have this little this little voice in the back of my head going, okay, were you cast? Because obviously I look Chinese. So am I just here to tip the diversity box or am I here because I deserve the part? And that's always at the back of my head. But on this show, it's ne- it never felt like that was a problem. And the way that they just kind of, they took me and they took Darcy, who plays my little sister, who's white and um, from Liverpool, gave us the same accent. And then Tom so beautifully incorporated this into our storyline about why I am the way why why I look the way I look but it was never at the forefront it was just seamlessly weaved in and nobody cares and I think this is so lovely because they do have bigger problems to worry about I think in this show you know they're trying not to die because someone's chasing them with birds nobody cares what I look like or who I am and my one of my favorite things about B is that she doesn't want anybody to apologize for who they are or where they come from. So Leopold may be this posh person. He's actually a prince, but she doesn't know it at this point. Yeah. And he's kind of trying to say to her, look, oh, you know, I don't want you to think that I'm just a dabbler. You know, I'm, I'm here to, to, to be here. And she says, look, think about it this way. Think about where you're going to sleep tonight. You're probably in some nice, lovely bed. and I'm going to sleep in this dirty, shitty cellar, but that's not your fault. And you are who you are and you shouldn't apologize for that. And I love that she just accepts people for, for who they are, no questions asked. And it's, it's all about, you know, what's inside rather than what's around you. And you can be, you can be born into privilege, but that's not the only thing about you. That's the, probably the least interesting thing about you. And I love that she really looks for that depth in people and takes the time to understand why people are the way they are. And she's very much about, you know, you have, your your past can influence you but doesn't have to define you and you have the scope to to be whoever you want to be regardless of your family or where you come from and I really love that I have a long way to I must have a long way to go because I've I've such a working uh, such a northern working class chip on my shoulder that I love to tell my posh friends it is your fault It's all, um, I think it's all ingrained in this, though, at some no, level, just, isn't it, though? <laughs> no, but I, the, 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 that thing with, your, you know, your character in particular is such a, you really, and again, I sound like a publicist, but you really pop off, <laughs> you re, but you really pop, and that character is so well-defined, and within within a minute, I feel like I've known your character forever, you know what I mean? It re, mm. That's the thing about the show, it hits the ground running, doesn't it? You feel mm-hmm. like you've known these irregulars for, for an age. Yeah, so I think sometimes you get scripts, you get the scenes for the auditions, you think, oh my God, this is brilliant. Then you get the fill thing and you read it and it kind of, it, it peaks and it troughs and you go, oh, we're here. Oh, now we've dipped a little bit. Okay, we've got to work back up to this part. 
um, and it feels like a constant flux. But with with Tom's script, it just starts at like a hundred and it keeps yeah. going and it does not stop. And I think that's really it's just a credit to him. He's just a phenomenal writer. And all of these characters are so well-rounded and so well-fleshed out that I actually didn't have to do a lot of work. <laughs> he made it very easy for me to just tap into B and just, I mean, everyone can relate to having someone that you would do anything for. I don't have siblings, but that bond with Jesse, there are people that I would, you go near them and I will kill you. And um, I've just realized I've said I will kill someone on a podcast. <laughs> oh, God. oh no. It's all about it's all about uh, context and intent. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I was with you every step of the, you know. I, I know so exactly. when you when you just cut that little sound bite and you yeah, put yeah, that yeah. out there, thank yeah, you yeah, so yeah. much. <laughs> that's the advert sorted. Yeah, that's it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um so yeah, he he's I mean, he's just phenomenal and I love the kind of relationships that we see and they're they're so reflective of life, you know, be lost her her mom and she never really knew her dad but she's got her little sister Jessie and then she starts to choose her family and I think so many people have that so many people have have people that aren't blood related but they are 100% their family I mean I'm I'm adopted I was adopted from China when I was 13 months old so my mommy and daddy um are technically my adoptive parents but I just call them mommy and daddy they're not my blood parents but you know I am absolutely 100% their daughter in the things I say and the things I do I think oh god I'm just like my mother or oh that's what my daddy would do um so I don't look like them but you know I am very much influenced by them and I think that's that's true for so many people not even just in in terms of parents but you know the people that you choose around you to lift you up and to support you and to who you then give that in return to um I think is just it's a it's a worldwide thing as regular listeners will know, it doesn't take much for me to to burst into tears. And uh, <laughs> I'd you know I'd read I'd read your not life story. I, I'm saying that like I've written your, <laughs> your biography, but you, you know what I mean. I mean, I mean it's I mean look, you know my you know my bio, you know my, I'm turning sorry I'm turning this into a, a joint therapy session. I apologise profusely. Oh, that's all right. My, my biological father left when I was a when I was a toddler, mm. and so I, you know I've been raised by a guy that I call dad, but he's, he's my he's my stepdad. But I mean that. But you're, you're absolutely right. You know, you even if you're not a blood relative, you st- there is you still have that profound closeness. And you and I will know people who have blood relatives as you know, mum and dad. They're not they're not remotely close. You know, mm. so it's uh, life's what you make it. I guess, isn't it? Absolutely. I think nothing is. Nobody owes you anything, and like nothing is kind of guaranteed. You don't. It sounds really negative, but you don't kind of how do I word this I was gonna say you don't deserve anything you do <laughs> um, I know what you mean but you know nothing is gonna be you don't nobody owes you things to be handed on a platter you you know you get some people and maybe they're not nice to you and you think oh well why are you being nasty to me but what why should they be nice they don't know you um and I think where was I going with this I think yeah so so you know all of these people that you meet and you choose to kind of let in, it's a very vulnerable thing. It's really hard to let people in. Um, But just because somebody is your blood relative doesn't mean that they're going to be the best person in your life. If that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think that's, that's something that so many people can relate to and nothing is guaranteed. Do you you think that, 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 that what, you know, what you'd experienced, 
do you think that gave you that mindset? Because one thing that life has taught me is that, you know, unless you're, you know, unless daddy owns ITV and then things do get, do mm-hmm. land on your lap. But one thing that life taught me is you've got to make it happen yourself. No mm-hmm. one's going to, that person's not going to tap you on the shoulder for apropos of nothing and go, you want to star in a, you know, you, that I imagine has put you in the best stead in terms of that, that, that uh, voracious appetite for, for work and making things happen. Yeah, I think so. I think death. I mean, I always look at my kind of how my life started and it could have gone very, very differently. You know, I was left when I was a couple of days old and I could have died at what, three, four days old, but somebody, a complete stranger walked past and thought, Oh God, there's a baby. Maybe I should do something about that. And, and that kindness. And I also think, you know, the choice to leave your child is not an easy one to make. And I don't like some people are like, oh, well, you're abandoned. I thought, mm, I don't think so. In my heart, I really don't think so. I think that choice is massive. And I think they left me in a place where they knew I was going to be fine. And I see that as they were giving me a second chance at life for whatever reason. I don't know. I'll probably never know why they did it. But I like to look. I think you can you always have a choice to look at things positively or negatively. And there's enough negativity and shite in the world already. Why not try look at things positively and so I like to look at it as a second chance at life and if I don't give 100% to everything if I don't try and make things the best I can then I feel like I'm almost shitting on that decision that they they had to make to give me that opportunity and all of these people who have helped me right up until this point I mean I literally wouldn't be here without the kindness of complete strangers and everyone and you know that 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 person who find me and took me to the police station and all those people in the orphanage who cared for me and then my mommy and daddy who decided to adopt and that was a long process and then everyone from there all my teachers at school and university and my agent and my publicist like they've all just taken a chance because they don't know I could I could screw it up and I think I probably will at some point but that's such as life you know and even you know you reaching out to to want to talk to me I'm like okay well, I don't want to let these people down because they've they've so kindly given me their time. Who am I to say, nah, I'm just going to wing this one? Do you know what I mean? I do. I think you just got to, I think I run head first, heart on my sleeve, and then someone goes, oh, hang on, come back. <laughs> maybe maybe we should be a little bit careful here, but um, that's definitely kind of, life's too short to, to waste it, half-ass and things. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. 
That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm such a, you know, enthusiasm is like my fav- favorite attribute. That's why I was, when you were talking there, I had to put my jumper on my face. <laughs> I do that. That's what I do. I was, honestly, I was, yeah, I, mean, I was absolutely gone there, but... But I'm such a believer in uh, enthusiasm being the, the 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 most important attribute a person can have. And yours, I mean, and your, curiosity. Your, what's that? Sorry, and curiosity. I think absolutely. But you you have that in abundance, don't you? I think I am an innately curious person to the point where I think people are like, "All right, shut up, stop asking questions, please. <laughs> can you just take it for what it is?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, but but what about this?" <laughs> um, but I think that kind of just is part of being an actor as well, just being curious about all these different kind of shoes that you get to step into and it's such a I think we are very fortunate to do what we do and to get to to really go into the minds of all these different people and see different ways of thinking and you learn so much from from a character in my second year of uni we did um People Placing and Things by Duncan McMillan and that is a play about someone who goes to rehab and is struggling with addiction and all of the research that goes into doing a play of that kind of weight our, our director at the time, Gareth Farr, who was the head of the course, changed my kind of view on acting. And he's, I reckon, I reckon that that project that we did is why I'm doing it today. Because he was teaching us all these kind of techniques to get into the character and how to do the research and mine the text. And that was all great. And then he told us this story about how he was in this play once and it went great. And he went out afterwards and someone came up to him and said, that character that you were playing you were really good and he went oh thank you and then they said that is my story that was my I was that person that you were playing that was my truth and he went holy shit and he realized that although the all of these things can feel fictitious to us it is absolutely somebody else's truth and you don't know who the hell is watching so you have to do it as truthfully and as honestly as you can because you owe it to them um and that story has stuck with me for a long time. And that was when I realized this is what I want to do. I want to tell these stories and connect to people. And, you know, we watch things sometimes you think, oh, my God, that has to be written for me. That is just too perfect. It, sure. It's articulating everything that I can't or it's, you know, it's exactly what I need to hear. It's advice. It's it's that kind of companionship. And I think that is really beautiful and I think it's really important that we see just going back to the diversity thing we see people who look and sound like us and who have shared experiences because it can make you feel so less alone you might not be ready to talk about it to your friends and your family but just to hear a, a character say it it's like oh shit yeah okay I take a lot of comfort in that and I love that part of our job uh, yes, absolutely. Um, you know, it is important that what we see on the screen is a reflection of what we what we see in life because it, it's not. Mm. It wouldn't be truthful otherwise. Mm-hmm. We, well, this is such a, an irrelevant tangent, but my wife and I we just we recently watched the documentary about the the Yorkshire Ripper on Netflix, and the mm. sub, the subtext of that series is the importance of of diversity because. Um, not that any of our listeners would ever question the importance of diversity, but. <laughs> What you had there was that these police chiefs were all, they were all white, uh, middle-aged white men and therefore they all thought the exact same way mm-hmm. and said the exact same things and came to the same conclusions. And that's what, you know, that's why this guy, they couldn't catch him for all these years because mm. he just had the same people doing the same things. And, uh, you know, we we both came away from that. I mean, it was, 
I, I don't know if that was the the, uh, the program makers' intent, but that was that was absolutely that all we were talking about afterwards. You know why this is so important. Mm. I love that things can just start conversations like that. Like like you said, they, I don't know if that was their intention, but it sparked that conversation. I think these are really important conversations to be having, and um, yeah, I think that's just kind of wonderful if it can get people talking about maybe not what you intended but if it gets people talking at all about something and opens up that communication then I think that's really really wonderful and kind of exciting yeah yeah it's 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 good and it it stays with you um Mm. I think we can oh sorry no I'm sorry after you I think we, we can all kind of fall into that trap of I mean all we've chosen our friends we've we've chosen our family because we like the way that they think and we feel safe with them. And you can kind of fall into a trap of, oh, everything's perfect because you all have similar views to me and I feel really safe and we're going to change the world. And then you walk out your, outside the door and you go, oh, shit, nope. <laughs> There's a hundred people who think so differently to me. Uh, and that sometimes can be frustrating and sometimes can be scary, but also really exciting and so refreshing when you meet someone who has a different view to you and you go, hang on, why do you think like that? And I think if we can just embrace that and rather than meet it with, oh, you're wrong, I'm right. Don't want to, I'm going to shut you out and live in my bubble. And instead of doing that, go, okay, let, let's have a conversation about this. Why do you think that? And try and figure out how all these people are the way they are. It's coming back to be, she says, like, um, somebody says that one of the monsters, one of the villains in our show is just crazy. And she says, no, 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 it's too easy just to think that people are crazy. There's got to be something more going on here. And she takes the time to figure out and, and understand what makes those people tick. And I think if we can do that in life, then, I mean, the world is bloody scary at the minute. There's so many things going on. And if we just actually sat down and had a conversation, I wonder how much that would actually change things. I could not agree more. And that, I remember that line, that line really pops and you did, you, mm. you really... You hit that for a sorry for that. So the listener just did the worst baseball mime ever. But you really you. It's a very small bat. It was a tight, tiny bat. I mean, the, yeah. the ball would have knocked the bat out clean out of my hands. <laughs> um, but no, you, you, you hit that line for a home run. Is I wish I'd just said that and not done the mime. I apologise to. No, anyone. I appreciated that. I liked that because <laughs> I didn't know what hitting a baseball looked like until you did it. So I thank you so much for that. That's gonna it's gonna haunt my dreams there. <laughs> Um, may, may, may I ask you, as, mm. you know, as someone who uh, I look, any any excuse to go on an exploration of the self, I'm all in. But can you explain oh, yeah. to us the, this card game? We're not really strangers. Oh my god, yes! I'm actually wearing their T-shirt right now. Oh, very cool! It, it says, um, "If the conversation is hard, it's probably one worth having," and I love that. That's I great. just it keeps coming back to me so many times. Um, especially recently like there's been things where I'm like oh I don't want to be difficult but I think we should have this conversation and it's an important one to have and it's always the fear of the unknown you think oh this is going to go terrible or they're going to think I'm being really like fussy or difficult and actually when you have the conversation it's not that scary and you you have so many revelations so we're not really strangers it's a card game and it's all about forming deeper connections with people and the idea is that you can play it with your partner you can play with your family member or you can play with a complete stranger uh and whether you think you know someone really well or not it will urge you to kind of ask questions that you don't really usually ask um or even like the simplest ones can be 
tell me your dad's name and one thing about him. And then it can spark this whole conversation. And I think it's a really exciting game to play. And they said, was it, they, uh, I think the, the, the kind of tagline is, Oh God, I'm going to butcher it. It's either something like stay curious or come curious or, or play with an open mind. And there's a card in it. There's three levels. Uh, the first kind of ones are all about perception and about like, so I would ask you, you know, do you think I've ever been fired from a job? And it's based off just what you can see. The second level is connection and it asks a bit deeper questions. And then the third one is reflection. And so we will talk about, you know, uh, I could ask you what was the most uh, connected you felt with me during this conversation and why, and it opens up these massive conversations. And um, there's a, there's a card. It's, kind of see through and it just says dig deeper on it so if I feel like you've held back yeah in an answer I can play you that card and it it, it invites people to just look a little look a little deeper in and be oh no is it something about being vulnerable I can't remember the tagline but it's just it's just brilliant and it's so exciting to play because you find so much about the other person but also about yourself and it kind of just goes on these incredible tangents and I think everyone should play it and I think just being curious and being vulnerable and sitting in the discomfort of what can be terrifying conversations or conversations that you don't really want to have um you can learn a lot from because something's the reason that it feels uncomfortable is that something's at stake there you know and I, I I think I'm so innately curious that I'm like why does let's unpack that why does that make you feel uncomfortable let's have a chat um and I think, you know, especially coming from where I come from in Northern Ireland, all of that to anyone listening from home is going to be like, oh, my God, what a wanker. <laughs> like, you're such an actor. What the hell are you talking about? And they'll think it's very flowery language. And I definitely thought that before I went to drama school. I didn't really talk about my feelings or kind of address them in a healthy way. We suppress, we have a cup of tea or we have a drink and we have a pat on the back and it's all grand and you move on and don't talk about it. <laughs> um, you just get on with things. But uh, I think the, the, the simplest thing is just to have a chat. We don't have to use all that kind of flowery language. We can just talk about it. And I think that's something that's so important. I would love to kind of talk about more at home because I think just having these chats is so important and taking away the stigma of being vulnerable and talking about your emotions. And it doesn't have to be in a, in a wanky way. We don't have to talk. We don't have to unpack all the feelings and sit down on a sofa and be really deep. You can just talk. It's it's scary, but I think it's important to do. So, so it's just a case of Googling. We're not really strangers and you buy the card game. Mm-hmm. It's a, I think she set it up as like a, I don't know. I can't remember. Well, I can't remember it all, but she set it up and then turned it into a, a business. And um, I just think it's wonderful. It's a really cool guard, card game. And, and it does ship from the, america so you have to pay for shipping but um it's definitely worth playing you you could not be more singing to the choir on this one. <laughs> oh, it's one you should you should definitely get get it and they have so many different expansion packs as well i bought now i'm gonna sound like a real cheesy actor they have a, a self-reflection one oh yes self-reflection please. pack yeah it's great and i bought the little book and the, the deck of cards and you just pick one at random and it really makes you think the last one i picked up was um oh no this oh what was it it was something like what do you keep doing that hurts you 
and why do you keep doing this? And you take the card, you just sit and you think about it. You think, um, no, like I do healthy. Th- oh no, there's that one thing I do. And I wonder why I do it. And it really makes you look inwards. I think we spend so much time trying to connect outwards with other people that we forget that we need to know ourselves as well. And I love this. I love, you know, when you're on a plane and they do the little safety demonstration and they say, if the air supply fails, a gas a mask thing will fall and you have to put your own mask on before helping other people. Yeah. I remember being a kid and thinking, why is my mommy not helping me first? <laughs> I the, the world revolves around me, help me. <laughs> but it makes sense because, I mean, if you go to help someone else, you're going to run out of oxygen before you can actually help them in, in any beneficial way. And I, that always kind of stuck with me. I always think you have to put your own mask on first before helping other people because if you give 100% to them, you're just going to burn out and you're going to have nothing left to give. So you have to look after yourself, not be selfish, but well, yeah, selfish in a way. I think selfish is sometimes a very negative word, but it's no bad thing. You have to, you have to look after yourself. Otherwise you can't give to other people. Um, So I think that kind of self-reflection kit is really, is a really good way to do that. And you can be as kind of wanky as you want, because it's just you hearing the answers or just you writing them out. And I think, this kind of lockdown situation has given a lot of time for people to just be by themselves. And it is, it can be really difficult and it can be terrifying, but it can also be eye-opening and you can find so much about yourself that you never really had the time to look at before. And I love that, that kind of idea that we're constantly growing. I mean, I don't think I'll ever have all the answers, but I think it's, it's a journey that we go on and we have to keep going on. Um, And you think, I remember thinking like at 18, yep, got it all figured out. I know exactly how the world works. (laughs) And then I went to uni and I thought, oh shit, I have no idea what happens out here. And then at 20, I thought, yep, no, I've got it now. I've learned so much since 18, not going to do that again. (laughs) 21, oh no, now I've got it. And it just continues (laughs) changing. And you always think, yep, this is it. I've figured it all out, but I don't think we ever will. And I think when you think you have, that's probably a good time to go, oh, hang on. Maybe I should check in with myself and see what we're really at and, and just, just yeah, stay curious, really. You're absolutely right. And, and you know, as long as you can remain curious throughout life, I mean, that, that it just mm. keeps everything so interesting as well, doesn't it? Absolutely. Why, why would you settle? It gets boring. And if we were all the same, bloody hell, it'd be excruciating. <laughs> absolutely. Now, I, I know you've been... Stupid. I look, I look at the clock. You've been stupid. It's sign of a great chat is when it is when it's about half an hour after you, you thought it was. So thank you very much for being so. Uh, oh my god! No, no, that thank you. I can't, I can't thank you enough. Um, there's so many things that I've got. I've, I've my list of things I've like to talk about. There's so many things we've not touched on, but that you know that's 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 absolutely grand. Can, may I ask though? Is mm. it, you've got into trees on lockdown? Is this? Is oh this my right? god! Yes. So. <laughs> You're going to regret talking about this. No, not at um, all, no. So this whole thing about growth, this this came, well, I'm always a big believer in that anyway, but I started reading about trees recently because I spend a lot of time on, on a job I was just on. Uh, we were out in the forest a lot and I kept looking up and around us. A lot of my scenes were by myself and obviously the crew have to stay distanced. So I would just stand and look up at the treetops and it's so relaxing and so good for there is some science about being around trees that, that is good for your mental health. Yeah. I'm not smart enough to tell you what that is, but I'm sure Google will. Um, 
And so I got really fascinated by them and I started looking up these things and then bought this book. And it's, it said that trees can actually communicate with each other. Uh, not like, hey, how you doing? But they can smell and they can taste and they can send electrical like impulses through the air to the other trees. So if a tree is being eaten by a giraffe, that's obviously not great for their leaves. So they will send a chemical into the air that is received by the trees around them and they go, oh shit, Johnny's being eaten by a giraffe. Maybe I should create this chemical and send it to my own leaves. So when the giraffe comes to me and tries to eat my leaves, it doesn't like it and it sends it away. And if a leaf is being eaten by like a little insect or something, the tree will be able to taste what that insect is and then send a chemical into the air that attracts the predator for that insect so it gets rid of it and I just think that's a, that's fascinating and, and so intelligent and they are they can live for like thousands of years one of the oldest trees was 9,500 years old and they are just continuously growing for that entire time and they help each other they so many like there's so many trees in the forest because they they help each other and they create this microclimate that enables them to grow and if a tree is felled in a forest, it can be felled for, for hundreds of years. But if the trees around it see potential in that stump, they will start to give their own nutrients and sugars to that stump to help it grow again. So they help each other and they communicate. And a tree out by itself is never going to last as long as a tree in a forest surrounded by the, the things that support it. And I think it's just so reflective of life. And, you know, I think a lot of people do you feel a little bit isolated and do you feel a little bit lonely? I've certainly felt lonely at times, especially being away from home at work. Sure. But, you know, if we can just talk to each other and help each other rather than shit on each other, then I don't think that's any bad thing. And, and I think we can take a lot, sounds ridiculous, but I think we can learn a lot from how trees grow and they're patient and they're strong and they're, they are resilient and they move with like the changing winds and everything around them. And they just continuously grow and they never take more than they need. So they, they will take the sun and they will take everything. And as they grow, some of their branches will fall off and give back to the forest floor. So they are just, I just think they're wonderful. <laughs> I think we should all be a little more tree. Uh, there's, um, there was an episode of Grayson's art club recently and Harry mm. Hill had, uh, had, had printed off a picture of his, his, Portrait of his mum. Did you see this? No. His mum. His mum's passed away, and he printed off mm. a picture of his of his mum. Cut the face out. Went to find a tree near where he lives. Put it on. The, put the put his mum's face on a tree, and I'm going to cry at the oh. memory. Hugged the tree as oh. as if it was his his own mother. Off the back of that, we have a big tree in our back garden. Mm. So my, my wife looking on, thinking, "What have I married?" But I did. But I, I did the set, I was hugging the tree and it, there is something, um, I'm not saying anything new here, but there is something profound about, mm. about trees. Absolutely. I think I take a lot of comfort in them. They're just, it's almost like a support blanket. Like that tree is going to be there far longer than I am. It's been there far longer than I have been. And I think there's just something very calming and lovely about just standing in the middle of a forest not even a forest, like a park, just being near trees and Absolutely. just just breathing with it and just, 
yeah, just experience. And it just brings a real level of calm. And I don't know what the science behind that is, but I think a lot of, I've spoken to a lot of people and they say, oh yeah, I do actually find once you go outside into nature and you just spend a little time there, not looking at your phone, any of that kind of modern stuff, just being in nature is so good for you. We did it with, um, I've read a piece about this. There's, there's been some relatively new research in the past 12 months, something mm. like tw- 20 minutes a day in nature, something like that, the impact it has on your mental health. Mm. Uh, and that basically we, we, we all need to do it, especially on uh, on lockdown. Yeah, we, we spend so much time staring at screens now. Oh, God, I'm terrible. Yeah, but it's, it's kind of, we're forced to because it's the only way to connect, which is great. But I think we do miss that kind of physical thing and having, having a tree physically there that you can reach out, even just like touching it uh, is is really lovely uh, now, now before you go again thank you so much but may yeah, I ask thank the, you the question I always forget to ask and it's uh what what do you do for 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 balance so is there is there anything else you do for uh for balance and especially with you right now you know you've got the world by the tail uh you know everything's going so wonderful so wonderfully well so I, I guess there's never been uh a better time to find to find that balance mm. I think um ab workouts no I'm joking um what balance balance but I think it's just I think it is a lot of self-reflection as silly as that well not silly as kind of cheesy and and wanky I suppose as that sounds but you can have these really high highs but with that come low lows as well and it's a constant flux yeah I think sure. everyone's mental health everyone has mental health and it's a constant journey and it's never going to be perfect um but I think just just move with that and be patient and kind and gentle with yourself. Um, if you, the way that we talk to ourselves is so different to how we talk to friends or people that we love and really care about. But why? It, you, yeah. you should use that energy that you give to other people to yourself as well, because I think it ultimately it will just it will just help everything. And um, I think not taking yourself too seriously, you know, is also a massive thing. And I think coming from where I come from it's kind of ingrained in us to if if you ever start to be a dick someone will someone will shit on you and bring you right back down like um I think with all this kind of what people call success a lot of it can be quite uh not performative but from the outside looking in everything looks perfect but that's so rarely the case I mean you could look at some people look at my career and go oh but you have to be happy like you have incredible things that you've done but then I look at them and I'm like yeah but you know you have a beautiful family you have kids I'm desperate to have kids when I grow up I cannot wait to have children and to me that's that's the perfect life but to them the perfect life is having all these jobs and things like that and I think it's all relative and just be grateful for what you you have and just stay curious and and kind, really, because kindness costs nothing at the end of the day. Kindness, kindness to yourself and to the world. Absolutely, um, I, I, I can't thank you enough. It's been such a, a privilege uh, to chat with you, and uh, you, you have no idea, and the listener must never ever know, even though I'm admitting it now, how many times you you, you had me on the cusp of. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> From the bottom of my heart, th- thank you so much. And, no, uh, thank best- you. This has been really lovely. Thank you so much. Bless you. And the, be- you know, the best of luck with the uh, Arabians. Also, th- you know, this feels like um, this is a show that c- that can run and run, isn't it? Hopefully. <laughs> I really hope so. It's 
I think the the world that Tom has created, like he spent ten, 10 years on it, and it's so it's so nuanced. There are so many parts of it to explore, um, and I think this is just the beginning. Hopefully, I mean, I'll, I say that like our story hasn't had an arc and resolved itself. It has in many ways. It's, you're not going to be left thinking, "Oh, bloody hell!" They didn't tell me who the hell killed that person. Um, but I do think there's more to explore, and I really hope that we get to do it because it's just it's just a dream. I can't I can't tell you how much it means to me. And I think more so, the more that we talk about it, the more I think, oh, God, yeah, I really do love that little thing, don't I? <laughs> That's well, I'll, not a bad I'll, show. <laughs> I'll say one thing that might make you love it even more. A friend of mine writes, uh, he writes for, for TV. And he he mm. me that the bit, such a big thing is creating a world, and I, and you, I know you already know this, so I apologise, but so the, uh, the listener might not know this, creating a world that the listener, uh, sorry, that the viewer um wants to be a part of to the extent mm. where they actually feel like they are in that world. So uh, one extreme example is uh, Cheers. So when you watch the sitcom Cheers, mm. you want to be in that bar with them to the point where you actually feel like you are in there with them. Mm. And with the with the irregulars, I absolutely felt like I was in Victorian London and, and part of the irregulars. And I said, and that's like the, I said that as such a huge compliment to the show. You feel like you are immersed in that world, don't you? Mm, absolutely. I think I keep talking about Tom Bidwell, but he is honestly one of the most brilliant people I've ever met. And he's so humble and so grinded. And I just admire and respect him innately. Um, innately, is that the word? Yeah. Immensely. Innately, yeah, innately. Um, and I think that's just a credit to him that he has kind of created these, these people that you do fall in love with and you do really feel for. And I think they're just so honest and they feel like people you know. Although it's set in Victoria and London, you're like, oh, I have a friend like that. Oh, yeah, I've got a friend like that as well. And you just have this instant attachment. And I think you're right. Like, it's it's just, you don't get that often. And my one, I think, would be Gilmore Girls. <laughs> I watched that show and I went, oh, I wish I could, you know, go and talk to Rory or Lorelai and, and go around to the, the Friday night dinners. And that's a part, that's a world I want to step into. And I want those people in my life. And I do have those people in my life. They're just not called Lorelai. Um, <laughs> and I think if if we've created a world like that, then that's, oh God, that's just wonderful. That's a lovely compliment. Oh, you, you absolutely have. Um, well, look, th- thank you again. And um, hopefully, you know, if, you know I'll meet, if I meet you in person, I'll shake you by the hand and th- thank I you. I will run the other way. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> with, Sorry, your, with your very, very tiny baseball bat. <laughs> I'm off to practice in the garden with my tiny baseball bat. Yeah. Uh, but no, sincerely, th- thank you very much. No, thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. Take care. All the very best. Have a good one. You too. Thank you. Uh, huge and heartfelt thanks to Thadia and for the people uh, who made that happen. I'm sure you will agree that was a very special episode and she was uh, incredibly just generous with her time and with her spirit. You know, she you know, it was really a really candid chat. So last week, anyway... Next week, next Monday, I, I, I sort of don't want to spoil it, but we we are speaking to uh, an an icon, and I'll, I will leave it at that. I, I watched a documentary about this particular icon. Sat, like it's so random. <laughs> Sat watching a documentary about this icon, and then I think it was two days later, I received an email from fresh air would you like to interview this icon i couldn't reply quick enough yes so you know coincidence sure 
Uh, regular listeners would say maybe it was manifested. Who knows? Um, but a most peculiar turn of events. To watch a documentary about someone and then, apropos of nothing, receive an email asking if I would like to interview this particular person. This documentary is a couple of years old as well. It's not like it, it's not like it was a new... Anyway, I digress. That's next Monday. I'll say no more. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, please tell your friends. Spread the word. We are at Balance LDN across the socials. I'm at James Gill Comedy. Uh, thank you as always. Take care and speak soon. Bye-bye-bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 